You're listening to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 37. Each Wednesday, we'll embark on a journey together to discover the best tips for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. This week, we're talking about being bored. Do you pull out your phone every time you've got downtime, whether that's standing in line or sitting in a waiting room? That's like feeding junk food to your brain. We'll learn about why boredom is good for you, and then a quick Google Chrome hack that will help you dig through all of your open tabs. Let's get started. All right, before we jump into our Make Life and Make Work Easier segments this week, I have a couple of quick housekeeping notes. The first is an absolute geek out. It is so small, but it made me so happy. So earlier last week, I posted a post that I shared from Gretchen Rubin's Moments of Happiness email. Every day she sends out an email to her email list with a quote from something that she's read or something, you know, something that she likes. And I shared this quote on the easier Facebook page that she sent via email. The quote reads, would you rather love the more and suffer the more or love the less and suffer the less? That is, I think, finally, the only real question. It's from Julian Barnes from The Only Story. And I really like that. So I shared it with the Facebook page. And you will never guess. Well, maybe you will. But I was so geeked out to see in the likes, and there are only a few, but in the likes, none other than Gretchen Rubin herself had liked that post. And I like, I think I was at work at my desk and almost fell out of my chair. I was so, so excited. So... I'm doing a little geek out because she's absolutely one of my favorite people, and I was really excited to see that she'd actually engaged with something that I posted, so that was awesome. And speaking of Facebook, I mentioned a few episodes back, I don't even remember which episode now, that I first brought up the idea of this easier Facebook group, but I really didn't do very much with it. I've kind of shifted focus on social a couple of times, moved from Instagram to Pinterest, back to Facebook, and you know, on and on in a circle. But I finally narrowed it down, and I definitely am keeping up with the Facebook page, the actual page. But there's a group that I created, and there have been a few people that have been requesting access to that group. I was kind of surprised that folks were still requesting access to the group. I hadn't really done much with it. So I had a couple people over this last weekend request access and I decided, all right, maybe this is worth looking into. And so if you're interested, I posted a post in that group asking what folks would like to see out of it. Some feedback that I got was first to continue the conversation about the episodes that the stuff that I cover in the episodes, we can definitely talk about that. And anything else. You can share recommendations, your favorite books, your favorite podcasts, all of those kinds of things. We can get conversations going in that group. So I really think I'm going to keep up with it. So if you're interested in joining that group, you can go to easiercast.com slash Facebook, and that will redirect you 
to the actual Facebook group. It does make you request access, but I get to it really quickly. So as soon as you request access, expect in a couple of hours, at least that day, I would, I would imagine that I'll get back and approve your request. And then one last quick thing. I've been engaging with some folks and I've gotten some really amazing feedback. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to Anna, who is one of the new members of the Facebook group and the page. And I wanted to just read some of the really nice feedback that she left for me uh, in that in the group. So what she said was that she's just discovered the podcast and she says that it could be happier, meaning happier with Gretchen Rubin. She said that she's a huge Gretchen Rubin fan as well. So, you know, absolutely really excited to hear that. And that the sessions from this podcast easier are so good, practical and in line with her style and ideas, but enough different to just have a different flavor that she loves the show she hopes it keeps up and that she's sharing with lots of folks so i really really appreciate that first of all just to have just to know that there are folks out there that really enjoy this content makes me very happy that's exactly why i'm sharing it and also to know that there are folks out there that are sharing it because as i say at the end of every episode each share with someone who could use the content means that someone somewhere will find more time for what matters most. So I really appreciate that, Anna. Thank you so much for the feedback. And I am so excited to have you as part of the Easier family. Okay, enough housekeeping. Let's jump into Make Life Easier this week. And we're talking about why boredom is good for you. So how did this topic come up for me? Well, I mentioned it very briefly in last week's episode, number 36, about how to be productive while stuck in traffic. And the last item that I mentioned there was to just sit in silence. It's to not engage at all, really just to sit in silence, maybe with the windows down and just let your brain go. And I've been noticing more and more that every time folks are in a public place, and this is, you know, this is why I notice it because we are in public, but Every time I'm in public, I notice that the second most people have any downtime whatsoever, whether that's they get in line at the grocery store or they're sitting in a waiting room, this happens for me at my therapist's office, every time someone has any ounce of downtime, the phone comes out. It's like habit at this point. I watched a family come into my therapist's office and the, I assume it was a family. The father figure sat to my left and the, the son sat across from me and immediately they sat down, pulled their phones out and spent nothing, just started scrolling mindlessly. And that's really started to get to me. I've, I've noticed it more and more and I'm for sure guilty of it as well. But now I'm much more mindful. I actually am starting to feel a little bit of discomfort when I'm sitting in public and my instinct is to pull out my phone. I, I'm kind of deliberately combating that. I think for me, it's somewhat, it's that I've talked about back a couple episodes ago about the four tendencies. I have a slight tinge of rebel in me. And so because of that rebel nature, I don't like following the crowd blindly. That's not something I like to do. So when I'm in a space and everybody is just you know, they're pulling out their phone and that's what they're doing. My instinct is to say, nope, I don't want to do that because that's what everyone's doing. I, I'm a big uh, anti-advocate for audience clapping is another example. Like people, they try to get you to clap at concerts and stuff and oh man, does that drive me nuts. That's something we can absolutely talk about in the Facebook group if, if you'd like about whether or not you audience clap. But I will say for sure, I cannot stand it. Every time someone on stage tries to get you to clap or the audience just starts clapping, I find it so cheesy 
and uh, and almost I don't know I don't even know what the word is, but it's it just it grates at my nerves. It's the little bit of rebel in me that I I don't like doing things just because everyone's doing them that way. So I've already been feeling it's it's like a little bit jarring to pull my phone out because of this, but also I instinctively and then now through some of the research that I've done realize that this is not good for us. Having no time for our brains to just disengage and to just run really can be detrimental. So I pulled up some some research and the, one of the folks that I found, it's a professor, his name is, and, and if the professor or anyone who knows him ever listens to this episode, please forgive me for what I imagine is going to be the butchering of this name. So I, I please forgive me for that. But his name is Professor Sendhill Mullinathan, and he is a professor of computation and behavioral science at the University of Chicago. And there was an article I found that talked about this. There's a number of them, actually, that talk about boredom versus constantly stimulating your brain with your phone. So I'm going to read a couple of things from this article that I think help to illuminate this conversation. So from the article, he talks about back, I think, in the early 90s before internet and and phones were a thing, that he'd have to take the bus for long trips and that he couldn't pull out his phone because they didn't exist. And so he found himself quite bored and he said that while he hated it then, he realized how beneficial being bored was. So what he adds is that, quote, if I had to take a bus ride now, I'd pull out my phone. I'd listen to some podcast. Maybe I'd check in on Pinterest. But is that good? My self-driving mind, even when left a minute by itself, says, hmm, I wonder if I've gotten any email. I wonder if there's anything new on Twitter. My mind keeps driving me to these things so much so that I don't know that I focus on anything anymore. End quote. And I wonder if folks recognize that pattern, that it just seems like it's instinct now that the second we stop, the second that we're not actively doing something, our instinct is to pull out our phone and just scroll. And uh, yeah, that's really been stressing me out. In the article, he also discusses ways in which the brain shifts into what he calls automaticity or an automatic response to familiar situations. And he adds that while some responses like this help to keep us safe, such as slamming on the brakes when they see a red light, many of them, including our automatic response now to pull out our phones, are actually unhealthy. He, it's, here's another quote from him. He says that we are a nation overwhelmed with an abundance of media and it's unhealthy. So I'm definitely going to link to this article and all the others in the show notes. Of course, the link will come at the end of the episode. But this is really jarring to me that this has become such a widespread thing. We never give ourselves time to just be. And so I wanted to see, first of all, what are some of the practical reasons that this would be a good thing to do to allow ourselves to just be bored? And then I'm going to share some of the best times to do that. So Let's jump into the reasons. And the first is to avoid tech addiction. I've got a Huffington Post article that talks about this that, of course, like I said, I'll link. But just this addiction that we get these hits of dopamine every time we get a notification, you know, in our brain, we're chemically training ourselves to need to have this constant gratification of getting and checking notifications. Like I said, I am just as guilty of this, or I have been, but I'm trying to wean myself off of that. I'm just trying to be, I'm very cognizant, as much as I love tech, and what's interesting is I'm going to talk 
in the make work easier section about my my tech business and the content that I'm going to be sharing from there. And so I run a tech business, but I am so, I'm becoming so cognizant of avoiding this addiction to our technology and finding times to disengage from it. A story that actually just came to mind was a few years back, I want to say it was 2013 or 14, I was in an organization called the Student Association of Michigan, which is or was, I don't know if it still exists at this point, but at that time it was a statewide student government, basically. I went to the University of Michigan-Dearborn, I was the delegate to the statewide student government from there. And Sam was sending representatives, and so was the school, to a nationwide student organizing conference. And that was held that year in Washington, D.C. And I remember we were at a hotel that was within walking distance of the Capitol building. And my friend Amber and I went to this conference together. And we decided one afternoon, it was a beautiful afternoon, it was probably mid-April or early May, it was a beautiful afternoon that we were going to take the walk from the hotel to the Capitol building. And we got, uh, you know, half a mile maybe, maybe it wasn't even that far, from the hotel walking. And I'd realized that I'd forgotten my phone. And in that moment, we could have turned around and gone back. We weren't that far. We could have turned around and gone back to grab it. But I decided right then, forget it, leave it. And I didn't have it. And honestly... I want to do that more. I need to start consciously leaving without my phone because it felt so great to just be untethered, to just be away from that stupid little shiny rectangle in my pocket. So that could be another recommendation I wasn't anticipating sharing at the beginning, but that's just something that came to mind, that this addiction to our phones to consciously come outside of that can be quite nice. So that's one of the reasons. The next is that your brain can become more creative, does become more creative when it disengages. Your brain, when it has time to just run, that's when you come up with your best ideas. Have you ever noticed that you are always kind of coming up with new things in the shower or thinking of the things that you've got to do, better ways of getting stuff done, or, you know, like when you're driving in traffic, that could be another time to allow your brain to run. And I picked up a book a couple of weeks ago at Barnes & Noble and it's called Steal Like an Artist. I've got it here in my hands. It's by Austin Cleon, I believe. And it's 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. And one of the things that he's got in his book is number five. The main heading for this is that side projects and hobbies are important. And one of the tips that he gives is to practice productive procrastination. And he says here that you should, quote, take time to be bored. Once I heard a coworker say, when I get busy, I get stupid. Ain't that the truth? Creative people need time to just sit around and do nothing. I get some of my best ideas when I'm bored, which is why I never take my shirts to the cleaners. I love ironing my shirts. It's so boring. I almost always get good ideas. If you're out of ideas, wash the dishes. Take a really long walk. Stare at a spot on the wall for as long as you can. As the artist Myra Kalman says, avoiding work is the way to focus my mind. Take time to mess around, get lost, wander. You never know where it's going to lead you, end quote. 
incidentally, this book is fantastic. It's really small. It's really short. The The way it's laid out is like super kind of, I almost want to say like bohemian, but it's not really. It's, it's, it's very accessible. It's just great. It's a short book. I read it in one sitting at Starbucks and it really is great. So of course, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. But something that he really talks about is this idea of creativity coming from boredom. And maybe you've never noticed it before, but I bet now that I've talked about it, you will. So that's number two, is to kind of spark creativity. Numbers three and four are related. Three is to give yourself the ability to cultivate more mindfulness. And number four is for reflection. So for mindfulness, this can be deliberate meditative practice, or you can kind of just do a pseudo-meditation assuming that you are in a space where it's safe to do. So if you're driving, uh, maybe not deliberate meditation. I don't know. I, I mean, it's just really focusing on your breath, but you, of course, want to be paying attention to the road. Anyway, so if you feel that it's safe, this is an exercise that you can do. So mindfulness is really trying to just put your attention on the present moment. And the way an exercise that you can use to do that, I've pulled these techniques from a couple of different places primarily is from Headspace, the app. I think I've talked about it on this show, but if not, Headspace is a great app that you can consider if you want to be more deliberate about your meditation, your mindfulness. But here is kind of the basic exercise. You can do this for as long as you've got. If you're just standing in line and you've got two minutes or if you're sitting in a waiting room for an hour, I hope that you don't have to deal with that. But if you are, or like Secretary of State or the DMV, whatever, this is a good opportunity to practice this. So here's the exercise. The main purpose of the exercise is to be present and you do that by giving your full attention to your breath and inevitably as you're doing that you just focus on the breath and one of the the things that you can do from headspace is that you can count each breath one with the in two with the out and repeat that up to 10 and then start back over so that's kind of a a helping it's kind of a tool that helps you focus there but inevitably when your mind wanders and it will wander you can label the the thing that happens, whether it's thinking or feeling as such. So you can label thoughts as thinking and emotions as feeling. And then gently resume the focus on the breath. As soon as you notice, that's when you label it thinking or feeling and then bring your attention back to your breath. And right now, I'm about to get interrupted by my kitten. His name is Louie. He, he loves to come up to my chair and sit on my lap while I'm working at my desk. So if you get any kind of you know, kitten noises. And yes, I say it deliberately like that. Uh, just know that that's him. Anyway, so your your mind will inevitably wander and it's natural. Something I read somewhere else, and this is, I don't remember where I got this, but the act of returning your attention to the breath is part of the exercise. It's a mental rep that there's no exercise if you don't have to bring your attention back. What are you practicing? So don't be too frustrated if you find that your attention wanders a lot. That's normal. But as soon as you notice, label whatever it is, either thinking or feeling, and bring your attention back and start counting. And if you lose your place, just start back over at one and do that for as long as you can. That is an excellent meditative practice that you don't need any special equipment. You don't need anything but your brain and the ability to actually focus. So, You could potentially do this while driving, but I worry that putting too much focus there takes focus away from the road. So, only in a safe place, of course. It works really well if you're standing in line or if you're in a waiting room, things like that. 
And then I mentioned that number four is reflection, and you can just head back to episodes 33 or 34, which are at easiercast.com slash 33 or slash 34. Those both talked about living with purpose and about reflection. Those are The first one was my episode with my guest, Brendan Gallagher, and you can get a lot of tips about being reflective, and this is a great opportunity to, to practice that in addition or separately from your mindfulness reflecting on things that you're doing or on things that you have done can be very beneficial. Then the last kind of key reason here, and this one is so in harmony with my worldview and of course this podcast, is that being bored is time to begin thinking about optimizing things. This is something that I love to do, finding easier or better ways to get things done, hence the podcast. So I found a an article on lifehack.org that talks about this, and I'm going to kind of give you a little excerpt from that. From Lifehack, quote, boredom stimulates the search for better ways to do things like nothing else does. How many improvements in processes and ways of producing things have come about because the people doing the job are so damn bored with going over the same thing again and again? My guess is that it's the single biggest spur to working smarter, far exceeding cost-cutting or abstract ideas of constant improvement. It's become a truism that vast amounts of creativity and improvement are available from simply asking those who do some job how they might do it better, end quote. And this is so true. When I find my attention, when when I'm bored, (laughs) I always am looking for ways to improve things. And this is some of the time that my best ideas happen. And I remember growing up, this was something, boredom was a thing, for real, because I grew up, I was born in 1990, so now you know how old I am. I'm 28 at the time of recording this, I'll be 29 in August, so, you know, I'm still pretty young, but when I was that age, you know, when I was 8, 10 years old, this was still the 90s, not 10, but this was still the 90s, and technology like it is today, smartphones were not a thing, the internet was not a thing, I grew up straddling both sides of that divide, where I've become part of the, you know, the millennial tech generation, but before that, I definitely experienced what it was like not to have it, so I can draw upon that experience, and I remember being a kid, and I would come up with some of the most Now I look back, some of the most creative, ridiculous things in response to little problems because I had nothing better to do. So as an example, I would invent like these elaborate games for my neighbors and I to play. I mean, there was one, it was like a whole treasure hunt James Bond thing where we had clues. I mean, it was crazy. I, I, you know, I wish I had that kind of time now. But I, another thing is that I, you know, as a kid, of course, you don't want your parents or anyone coming in your room when you don't want it. And I invented like this sign thing that was basically just pieces of paper tied to a string that were looped over the top of my bedroom door. And on the one side, it had a sign that said what I wanted, whether or not you could enter or what was going on behind that closed door. And then on the back, it was just like a little note to remind me. And I had like a hook. And so I I would raise and lower the signs based on what I wanted people to do, whether or not they could come into my bedroom. Now, of course, my mother didn't really care what it was, (laughs) but this is something that I invented. It was, you know, a thing that was a response to a small problem that a 10-year-old kid would have. And it was just something creative and something I don't think I would have done 
had I had a phone to sit and occupy all of my time. And this is, I think, the birth place of everything to do with this podcast, of my love for organizing and reorganizing and improvement and optimization, all that stuff. I think that that was the birthplace of that. So something that stresses me out a little bit now is seeing every child with a phone, like five-year-old kids. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to profess to tell parents how to raise their kids, but if and when I have my own kids, I, I at least right now, I do not believe that they're going to have full phones until they're older. I know I didn't get one to high school and that might be a little late now in in current times, but I don't know. I see kids constantly occupied by screens and that makes me a little nervous. You know, they're not growing up with the benefit of not having them. Most kids aren't. And so, you know, at minimum, limiting screen time is for sure going to be a thing if and when I have kids. So just a little insight. I, you know, this is something I I take so much from that boredom when I was a kid to now. As I've researched this episode, I realized how valuable that was. So, you know, I I really hope that this kind of gives you some perspective. And before we move into Make Work Easier, I wanted to just give you some, I think, well, maybe they're pretty obvious, but maybe not, just some times that you can plan to be bored. And those could be things like working out, driving, driving, showering, cleaning, anytime basically you listen to a podcast or an audiobook would be good time for being bored. And one other thing I thought, and I think I'm going to try doing this myself, is to actually schedule deliberate time to be bored. Now you can schedule it as boredom time, as meditation, as reflection, whatever that is, but try to see if you can schedule some deliberate time where you do nothing where you sit and either you practice meditation, which I suppose is doing something, but the point is deliberately doing nothing or just doing nothing and allowing your mind to wander. I'm going to try to do that, I think, in the mornings with some coffee and just sit and relax and enjoy that space. Are your days super busy? Even though you're stressed and tired, do you feel like somehow you just don't get enough done each day? Well, you're definitely not alone. That's why I put together an awesome one-page guide on my top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. These are all of the best productivity tips I've found from books, online research, and experience. It's completely free. All you have to do is head over to easiercast.com slash get more done to grab your copy now. Again, that's my free one-page guide called the top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. You can find it at easiercast.com slash get more done. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, make work easier this week. So I actually have been a PC repair person, both Mac and Windows. And yes, PC can be a Mac. PC just stands for personal computer. PC repair person in the Detroit area since 2008. I've been doing this as a side hustle for quite a long time. And recently I've started growing this business in a more content driven direction. And so my new focus, I'm still going to do that for my clients in the area, but my new focus for this business, which is called Lightning Technology, is to provide tips, advice, strategies, specifically about technology that help small business owners to grow their businesses. So everything I share on Lightning 
Everything that I write, all the content specifically must answer the question, how does this help to grow my business? And every single article actually has that at the end. So if you're a small business owner, I'd absolutely love to see you over at Lightning Technology. The link over there is lightningdetroit.com. And I've got some, you know, probably six or seven articles written. And the way that this ties in to make work easier here is that I'm actually pulling the article from Lightning for here on Easier. The This podcast and that business actually really nicely blend because lots of make work easier is figuring out how to use tech better. So this week's tip for make work easier is to pin tabs in Google Chrome. If you did not know that you could do this, I you're going to love this. I when I figured it out and it's been here all the, you know, forever, it's been an option. If you didn't know and I didn't know when I found it, it was like the best thing ever. So the problem here, you're using Chrome and there are about 100,000 tabs open in your browser, right? And so one of my pet peeves and this is the same thing like as I open Windows on my computer, different programs, when I can't find what I need or switch back and forth really quickly when I've got to like click through 14 different tabs or go through 30 different programs trying to find what I was using as I'm flipping back and forth through things, it is a huge waste of time. It takes up way too much mental bandwidth having to do that. So you can pin important tabs in Chrome, which is so helpful. What it does is when you choose to pin a tab, it actually pins it, it moves it all the way to the left and makes it a smaller icon so they stand out and they don't close when you close all your other tabs if you don't want them to. What this does is it helps them to differentiate them from everything else you're working on. So here are some use cases that you could use something like this in. If you're constantly referencing a specific tab and you don't want to dig through 300 others, this that's a good time to do it. If you're doing research and writing, phenomenal application of this. So what I'll do for the podcast or for Lightning as I'm researching content for those articles, I'll pin the tab that I'm actually doing the writing in because I know I got to flip back and forth to that all the time and then do research in regular tabs. And so I always can find that tab really easily. Another one, I always keep my task apps. So I use both Trello and Todoist and I always keep those pinned so that way I can quickly flip back to either one of them to reference them. So this is a, a really awesome, simple thing that you can do to make using Chrome easier. And the way you do it, all you have to do to pin a tab is on Windows, you can right click. On Mac, you can control click. It's any kind of context click. You right click the tab and just choose pin tab. And that's it. That's all you have to do. I bet you didn't even really ever pay attention to the fact that that was kind of hiding there and it will save you so much time. It just, it makes it so much more effortless to flip back and forth between things if you're using them a lot. And seriously, the the whole shtick of this podcast is obviously figuring out ways to make things easier. So I hope that this little tip works for you. And that's it for episode number 37 of Easier. Remember to put your phone in your pocket or just leave it there. Find some time to be bored. Your brain will thank you. And so will your creativity. Also, remember that you can pin tabs in Chrome to save just a little bit of mental bandwidth. 
Do you have any tips, techniques, or tools for making life or work easier? If so, email me at podcast at easiercast.com or leave a comment in the show notes at easiercast.com slash 37. This week, easiercast.com slash 37. Also, look for Easier Podcasts on Facebook. I curate the best content from around the web that helps make life and work easier, and you're not going to find it anywhere else but on Facebook. And if you engage with me there, I might just share what you say on the show. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I've covered in this episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone, somewhere, will find more time for what matters most to them. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now. Bye for now.